The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Quite the busy week indeed. Between Comey's testimony a couple of days ago, between the British snap elections, lots going on in the world. And of course, as educated, intelligent alpha males, we will discuss this. Not going to make a whole show out of the political ramifications, but I do have, as always, some important insights that I will share. We will also talk about the enemies of masculinity, specifically the enemies who believe that the Marine Corps is toxic in terms of masculinity. Totally outrageous. As always, fire up a cigar, pour yourself a cocktail, throw a steak on the grill, prop yourself up or feet up on an ottoman, and get ready for two hours of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. The global alpha and your five-star general front and center from command center alpha as always, don't forget to follow me, and uh, I should say that during the Comey testimony, if you followed me on Twitter, I was delivering my A-game for the duration of the testimony. Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show is my handle. Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, Cigar Dave. Don't forget to follow us, and always, you can go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner, and you can, uh, you can follow us on social media. We've got all the links there, as well as to keep up to date on any past shows all our archives are front and center for you got to get into the comey testimony but before we do abba had a great song timeless song and it got me thinking we should change the lyrics just a little bit but so appropriate because comey is not a dancing queen he's a drama queen Drama queen. That's what we got to change the lyrics to because Comey's testimony was just laden with drama. Drama, 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 drama queen. I mean, this is like going out with a woman and listening to her complain and nag and noose for umpteen hours. But I do have some thoughts on Comey's testimony. 
First of all, this is probably the first time in history that a man six feet, eight inches in height, I believe he's six foot eight. I know he's above six four. I think he's six eight, if I'm not mistaken. First time a six foot eight male is a wussified, scaredy cat, afraid beta male. I got a kick when Senator Feinstein said, well, when you were with the president and you were alone, what, why, why did you continue to have meetings with him? And it was almost like his answer should have been, I was afraid. I was afraid of being with the president. That, that's, that's why I had to take notes. I was afraid. I wanted to document everything. Hmm, I was very scared. Let me go into my safe space and my little blankie and, and protect myself. It was embarrassing. And I did get a kick out of Senator Jim Risch before he took him down, asking if hope is a grounds for obstruction of justice. First thing he says is to Comey, I want to thank you for your service. America needs more people like you. What, we need more wussified beta males? We need more drama queens? We'd more, we need more Washington slime? Because that's exactly what Comey is, Washington slime. He's bad news. And if you go back and look at Comey, he'll kill, he loves to portray this image that I have a big, deep conscience, and I was the one that stopped the Bush administration at a very key time when Attorney General at the time, Ashcroft, was in a hospital bed, and the members of the Bush administration wanted to sign a, 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 a document that would have allowed increased spying on citizens, but I stopped it. Well, he's not so innocent, because he loves to wave that but yet yesterday when he was asked in direct testimony they said well wait a minute if you had a problem with the president and you had a resignation letter when you were at, at, available on your desk at all times at the bush administration why didn't you just resign if you if you felt that this was uh, a problem or if you felt you were being pressured and of course he stumbled and mumbled but my favorite part was when one of the senators asked comey the wussified beta male, former director of the FBI. Don't you have an obligation as a, an employee of the FBI if you witness a crime to report it? Now, the first answer right off the bat would be absolutely. I mean, ask yourself this. If you see a murder happen in front of you or a mugging or a bank robbery, wouldn't you call 911 and report it immediately? The answer is absolutely. He starts stumbling and says, well, I, I'd have to give that some thought. I, I, I'm really not sure. You are supposedly this legal genius. You are a man of impeccable integrity, a man who is a, a federal prosecutor, who is deputy attorney general, who is the director of the FBI, and you've got to think about that? You're not sure? All I can tell you is common sense would dictate whether not only you're an FBI agent, but if you are a, an American and you see a crime, no matter where you are, you're going to report it. I mean, if somebody sticks a gun in someone's face and says, give me your money, and then shoots them, you're going to stand there and say, hmm, I'm really not sure if I should report this. Is this a reportable offense? Ridiculous. And then we find out that he's the leaker in chief. And when President Trump pressed Comey in multiple meetings and conversations about investigating the leaks... Isn't it amazing? The leaks really weren't investigated. Why? Because as we found out in the testimony, Comey was the one that leaked the material about Trump 
through an intermediary to the New York slime. And the reason that Comey would never conduct a legitimate investigation about leaks within the FBI is because he was the leaker-in-chief, and all roads would point back to him and his desk at the FBI. He's a disgrace. And when I hear people, you know, the one phrase that I just get so fed up hearing is uh, when we see people that are serving in the government, a congressman, a senator, somebody in the cabinet, thank you so much for your service. Like, we should revere them. We should bow down. No. Nobody makes people serve. Comey made $6 million bucks working for Lockheed. And how did he get that Lockheed Martin job? Because he was the deputy attorney general. It's all connections at that level. And all these guys that go in the government, it's amazing. They all move in the government, and then they move out, and they cash in big. They cash in, then they go back, then they cash in again. It's all a big rig game. And I did get another, I thought also very interesting, when, when the wussified beta male Comey, little Fuidi cat, was asked, well, if President Trump said, I really hope you could take it easy on... on on Flynn, if there was such a problem, if, if, if that was crossing a line, don't you think that it's really the FBI, the director's responsibility to stop and say, Mr. President, l- let me just inform you. I know you come from a business background. You're not used, used to operating in the Washington swamp. But let me just inform you, for your benefit, that this is a line you shouldn't bring up, shouldn't cross. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just let you know that We'll chalk it up to inexperience. I'm going to walk out, come back in, and we're going to have our, uh, the rest of our meeting and start fresh. No, Comey didn't do that. Comey was part of the never-Trumpers that wanted to bring down Trump from within, a coup from within, make no mistake. Because common sense would dictate, if you're meeting with somebody and you're on the same page and you want your job as FBI director, don't you think you'd say, Mr. President, let, let me stop you? Let me just stop you, and again, let me reiterate. I know you're used to working in a business environment where you bring people in one-on-one and you have relations. And that's all President Trump did. And I understand why he brought Comey in one-on-one, because as business people, we believe in developing relationships. The po- and you know this. All of you alphas that are, whether you're in business, you are uh, in law, you are a physician, you're an accountant, you're, you're whatever, an entrepreneur, It all is about relationships, one-on-one interpersonal relationships. And I really firmly believe that you cannot beat the power of schmoozing. That's a very important element in being successful in the world of business or whatever your professional endeavor. Schmoozing is an art. Being able to develop relationships is an art. It's a dying art because most people, younger people today, cannot communicate unless it's via text. They'll look right at you. They won't, they won't talk to you. They will text you. The art of the schmooze. President Trump, on a regular basis, would get people in his office, shake their hand, slap them on the back, and say, you know, Jim, we really want to work with you, and Jim, we really want to develop a relationship, and Jim, I really hope maybe you could just kind of lay light on him. He's a good guy. Now, if Comey, again, at that point, really had such an issue, he should have stopped the president and said, Mr. President, let me just stop you. Now, President Trump is smart enough to say, ah, got it, I can read the signs, got it. Now, in no way, shape, or form, contrary to what the Comey News Network and uh, MSDNC and all these other uh, lib media outlets are saying, oh, we've got instant grounds for obstruction. Please, 
when you see Alan Dershowitz, who's not exactly a bleeding-heart conservative, he's, he's a known liberal Democrat, but at least the guy is fair. I de- I've developed really a new respect for him because he's saying, look, forget what I think about President Trump, and I didn't vote for him, I didn't support him, but here is the law. This is what it says. In no way, shape, is it obstruction. But I did find him to be one giant drama queen. And overall, the leaker-in-chief, really outrageous. And the good news is the Trump administration now is going to file an ethics complaint against Comey because every FBI agent must sign a document. I don't know if it pertains to the director. I would assume it does, stating that any work product that you receive or anything that you in investigations that you uncover that is done during your employment at the FBI with government assets you cannot disclose those whether they are classified or not to the public and I would assume that holds for the director as well Comey could be too smart for his own good wouldn't you love to see him get hauled back in front of the special prosecutor probably won't happen because he and Mueller are good buddies and we all know how it works in the Washington swamp All the slime goes to the bottom, and they all stick together. All right, so enough of that. Real quickly, I tell you what, we come back, I'll give you my quick take on the British election, because a real interesting take on that that I think is applicable to the U.S. election. And then also I want to get to the, uh, I I just outrage. We celebrated Memorial, correction, correction, we did not celebrate Memorial Day. We observed Memorial Day. We observe Memorial Day. I don't want to fall into the incorrect trap that so many people do. And I did notice this year there was a marked difference on the number of businesses that said Memorial Day sale or even Happy Memorial Day on the air. There are a couple of dingbat TV anchors and reporters who have no brains, which is, for the most part, most of the the, the broadcast media on the television news end of things. A couple of people saying, you know, these, these, these dumbasses saying, oh, Happy Memorial Day. Have a great Memorial Day. But what I heard last week, or I read at Vox.com, really was very perturbing about the Marine Corps and toxic masculinity. Second hour, we are going to leave Command Center Alpha. We are going to head to Kirby's Menswear in the Cigar City of Tampa, the official haberdasher of this global alpha and five-star. We're going to talk men's fashion 101. What you need in your closet Talk about some fashion, some other ways to accessorize your wardrobe. You don't have to go spend thousands of dollars. You can spend a reasonable amount and still look good. You have to look the part as an alpha. We will discuss that with Martin Shine, the owner, proprietor, and a longtime friend, Kirby's Menswear, in our number two. We will continue front and center. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. If there is one club you should be a member of, it is the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Membership entitles you to receive three fantastic cigars every month. It is the perfect way to expand your cigar connoisseur horizons. For June 2017, our Officers Club selection features a Casada family sampler. Starting with the Fonseca Nicaragua, the first ever Fonseca cigar made outside the Dominican Republic. The Casada Keg, limited release cigar that goes perfect with an Irish stout. And the Casada Reserva Provado Oscuro, a limited production cigar with tobaccos aged up to 20 years. The Cigar Dave Officers Club. Go to CigarDave.com and join. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Don't miss out, including great feature cigars like the Quesada Family Sampler. CigarDave.com and join the Officers Club now. Marine Corps hymn, one of the great armed forces themes. Listen to this over and over. Before I get to my story on the United States Marines, this coming Wednesday, June 14th, two big events that you should be aware of. First, it is Flag Day. We are proud as Alphas to wave the United States flag, to display the United States flag. You will never see an Alpha a patriotic alpha, complain about displaying your flag. So on Wednesday, salute that flag and raise it proudly. And also on that same day, it is the 242nd birthday of the United States Army, founded in 1775. To all the men and women in the Army and all of our forces, we say happy birthday, U.S. Army, and let's talk about the Marines. Last weekend, Memorial Day weekend, we observed Memorial Day, a very solemn day in my estimation. And I watched President Trump. I thought he did a magnificent job, great remarks at Arlington National Cemetery. And on Memorial Day weekend, I see this article printed at Vox.com entitled, The Marine Corps Has a Toxic Masculinity Problem. And this is the latest buzz phrase that we are now hearing that the feminists, the enemies of masculinity are now bandying about. Toxic masculinity. We're hearing it over and over. Now all of a sudden, being a man, being an alpha male is toxic. Being decisive, being strong, 
being a man that is proud to be a man is now all of a sudden an offense. It's offensive. Who's it offensive to? It's offensive to the feminists and the members probably of the LGBT community because they don't like the fact that we are heterosexual males. It seems in this country now that if you are a heterosexual male, and I don't care whether you're white, black, Indian, Mexican, Spanish, Europe, whatever, if you are a male, a heterosexual male, you and I are part of the problem. And I have no problem. Whatever sexuality, you're trigender, cisgender, quadrigender, multisexual, quadrigeneral, could care less. But all I know is one thing. I'm a proud heterosexual alpha male. There is nothing in any way, shape, or form that is toxic about that form of masculinity. But this article goes on to attack the Marines, especially on Memorial Day weekend, saying that the Marine Corps often marginalizes or mistreats female troops. Are there problems with some females being mistreated? Yes. Are there issues with females serving in a, in a combat capacity? Many people would say yes. General James Mattis has said yes. While he's 40, he said there are certain issues. That is human nature. Are there a couple of bad apples? Sure. In every business, every organization, every military unit, every you name it, there's all every police unit, there's always a few bad apples. That doesn't mean that the entire Marine Corps or Army or Armed Forces marginalize or mistreat female troops. But to go off on Memorial Day weekend on this is nonsense, and to make it a bigger problem than it really is. And I want to ask the authors of Vox and all these enemies of masculinity, during World War II, during the Battle of Iwo Jima, when the six United States Marines, after hard-fought fighting for four to six weeks, when they were raising the flag on Mount Suribachi, was that an expression of toxic masculinity? When the Marines were in World War I, World War II, in Desert Storm, in Vietnam, in the Korean War, in any conflict that we have, when they are protecting the interests of the United States of America and American citizens, is that toxic masculinity? The answer is no. What is toxic is the vile, spewing nonsense that Vox is writing and all the other enemies of masculinity continue to spew. That is what is offensive. We are proud alpha males. The 2017 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th at Buffalo Riverworks. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including five premium Gurkha cigars, luscious cocktails, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, coffee from Goodrich Coffee, and a buffet fit for the alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com.
an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium Diamond Crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. One of the great TV shows of all time, The Rockford Files. Jimmy Joe Rockford. One of the greats. Friday nights on NBC as a kid, used to love watching that. He had this orange Trans Am, Pontiac Trans Am, classic-looking car. The Rockford Files never missed an episode. And in fact, I've even rewatched episodes now because I think it's available at either Hulu or Amazon or uh, Netflix, one of the streaming providers. James Garner, great actor. And so we've got this. I get ready to enjoy a fine cigar, the theme from The Rockford Files. And the cigar that I have pulled out is a very, very rare treat. This is a difficult cigar to come by. This is the Fuente Fuente Opus X Angel Share. It only comes in one size, eight Robusto, five and a quarter inches in length, with a 50 ring gauge, 50 64ths of an inch in diameter. A beautiful looking cigar. The difference between the Angel Share and the regular Fuente Fuente Opus X, the cigar is a little bit tamer. Slightly different uh, priming of the wrapper, little bit milder. The Fuente Fuente Opus X, very full flavored. This is backed off a little bit, a little bit more on the medium bodied side. Not everybody can enjoy the Opus X, the Fuente Fuente Opus X original edition because it is very full flavored. So Carlito Fuente wanted to create a cigar that was just a little bit tamer. And Angel Share refers to the belief that the evaporated portion of any wine or distilled spirit while it is aging in the barrel, it, it evaporates and the angels take it and the angels are watching over the spirit, giving it their blessings. So he wanted to bring a little bit of the wine and spirits end of things into the world of cigars. It's called the Angel Share. Very difficult to come by. Very, very limited. If you can find it, you're looking at about $35 a cigar. And these were given to me. I got about four of them that were given to me by Carlito Fuente and Carlos Fuente Sr. 
when he was uh, still alive. And when I smoke this today, I will toast it to the memory of the great Carlos Fuente Sr. Real gentleman, real mensch of a guy. And this is a beautiful cigar, no question about it. Has a band on the bottom, secondary band, the Fuente Fuente Obus X band, a secondary band that says Angel Share. Just a beautiful looking cigar and presentation. My choice today. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Almost lost my self sharpening double edged stainless steel cutter on my glass desk here at Command Center Alpha, but it is in my hand, ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Stand back. Cigar Dave's signature lock and load. Giant SST-type flame coming out about three inches. That's what I will use today. Just listen to that. Listen, giant tank. I could probably keep this going for about two hours. The tank is that big. I'll tell you, the guys at the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories... Magnificent job. They work 24-7 to make sure that I have proper litation and cutation devices. Cigar, Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Man, just took the exact right amount. No adjustment is necessary on this beautiful Fuente Fuente Opus X. Angel share. Let me toast the foot of this cigar. And why on earth would I want to rush this? Why would I want to go through the litation process, the toasting process, the puffing and rotating process, the smoking process of this great cigar? Why do I want to rush this? I don't. I don't. I want to take my time. Because part of the allure, part of the mystique, part of the aura, part of the beauty is watching the first few areas of the wrapper combust and get that first waft of aroma. Oh, look at that beautiful, oh, just toasting it beautifully, rotating the cigar. I want that wrapper to burn ahead of the filler and binder. That's where you get about 60% of your taste. Some say 50, some say 60, 70. Probably 60, 65 is roughly where most of the taste uh, comes from is the wrapper. Grown on Chateau de la Fuente down in Republica Dominicana. Let me puff and rotate. Great draw. Oh, great taste. Oh, yeah. With a cigar like this that's so limited, you better damn believe I'm going to take my time and savor every single puff to the very end of this stick. Mm. As I puff and rotate, go on the foot of the cigar. Beautiful, even amber glow. Oh, the aroma. If you were here right now in Command Center Alpha, the aroma. Let me just try to get, just become just surrounded by this aroma. I'm taking my hands and trying to waft it towards me. Mm. That is the smell and aroma of absolute sheer alpha pleasure. But I'm not done. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Oh, beautiful. I wanted something that would accompany this Fuente Fuente Opus X Angel Share. Again, medium-bodied cigar. Didn't want an alcoholic, a distilled spirit. I'm in the mood for some fresh coffee. So, from Goodrich Coffee, which provides our coffee for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest, they will be doing so for the Buffalo Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest Saturday August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks. More info on that in a few minutes. 
They create a special espresso blend for me. And what I did was I don't use this in a Mr. Coffee or a drip coffee maker. I use my French press, or as I like to f- refer to it as a formal press. This is from Bodum the Chambord. It is an eight-cup coffee maker. And if you've never experienced a French press or a formal press, as I refer to it, let me tell you how it works. Looks like a coffee pot. There's a handle. There's a spout. And what you do is you take several... T- now, I usually, for every eight ounces, I put uh, about two tablespoons. You can go less, depending on your taste. I put one and a half to two tablespoons in, scoop it, put it at the bottom of the French press. Boiling hot water, but not just... You want the water not super boiling. Just when it starts to boil and get that initial boil, boom, take it off, because I do it in a little pot. Then what you do is you pour it into the French press, into the coffee maker. You take a spoon and you stir it for about a minute. Back and forth, stir it. And I know you're saying, wait a minute, this isn't instant coffee, General. No, it's not. Stir it. And then what you do is you put the lid back on, and at the top of the lid you will see there is a plunger. And on the bottom of the plunger there is a screen. And you will, do, you will use that to ultimately separate the coffee grounds from the regular coffee, from the rest of the coffee, from the liquid. So you let that sit. You stir it, put the coffee uh, lid back, the, the top of the French press on. You let it just kind of steep for about three to five minutes, about five minutes. And then when you are done, you take the plunger and you press all the way down. And what that will do is, with that screen on the very bottom of that plunger, it will force all the coffee grounds to the very bottom and it will prevent the coffee grounds from getting through to the coffee liquid. You pour it, and you have a delicious cup of coffee. The first time I ever saw a coffee press, French press, probably, I don't know, 20 years ago. I'm at a hotel out in Palm Springs. They have it. I go, I, I look, and I said, how the hell does this work? So I called down to the front desk, the concierge. They connected me to the concierge, and he said, I will have somebody deliver instructions up to you. I said, look, I don't want instant coffee. I don't want any Nescafe or any of that garbage. He said, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll send it up to you. Learned how to do it. Love it. Don't do it every day, but it's a very nice way to get the maximum amount of taste and pleasure out of your coffee. So I've got the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Espresso Blend from Goodrich Coffee up in the Buffalo Theater of Operations using my Chambord Bodum French Press. I've got my Fuente Fuente Opus X Angel Share. Take a puff of that. Mm. Take a sip of that, and I would say, as our good friend Lee Corsa would say, life is good. Now, for those of you in the People's Republic of Seattle, life is not so great. You'll recall I talked about back in May, the Seattle mayor, Ed Murray, proposed a soda tax. He proposed a two-cent-an-ounce tax on soda sweetened with sugar. But there was an outrage. Because the public in general said the tax would be borne disproportionately by the poor and people of color. So he lowered the tax and included sweetened drinks, including diet soda. The mayor said that diet drinks would most likely be consumed by upper middle class white people. And it had become for him an issue of equity, a way to tackle white, privileged, institutionalized racism. Now, I must tell you, I socialize and am friends and have business acquaintances with whites, blacks, you name it, Indian or Native American, whatever you want to call it, different people. And I can tell you 
that I have been out to lunch and been out to dinner and had cigars with people of various colors. And most every instance, in every case, they have consumed a diet soda. In no way, shape, or form are diet drinks just to be categorized and consumed only by upper-middle-class white people. And what is this white-privileged institutional racism? This is nonsense. This is ridiculous. The tax is onerous on everyone. It's ridiculous. And the mayor hoped to raise $16 million to fund everything from additional public education to subsidies for food stamp recipients uh, and for them to shop at farmers' markets. So it went to the city council. And last Monday, this past Monday, they approved the new tax of sugary drinks by a vote of 7 to 1. Now, there are arguments and debate about whether diet soda would be taxed, whether syrups and flavored lattes prepared by baristas would be taxed. Now, if you go to uh, Seattle, they don't have Starbucks or, or coffee houses on every corner. They have them every six feet. Everywhere you go in Seattle, another six feet up, here's a coffee house, there's a Starbucks, there's a Seattle's Best, there's this, there's that. Barista's all over the place. So there was arguments, debate, whether diet soda should be taxed, whether syrups and the flavored lattes would be taxed, what the tax rate would be, what the revenue would be used for. The city council settled on 1.75 cents per ounce. Some of the proponents said it would discourage consumption of unhealthy beverages, others stressing the good that would be done with the revenue. Some council members said including diet soda would make the tax more equitable. Others said the science on diet soda shows that it's unhealthy and that it should be taxed as well. The mayor initially exempted barista-made coffee beverage from the tax. Then he exempted milk drinks instead. Long story short, 1.75 cents Still no word on how the syrups used in flavor lattes at Starbucks would be taxed. 1.75 cents per ounce. Now, this was opposed by convenience stores, restaurant owners, the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce, the Soda Industry Union, the Martin Luther King County uh, Labor Council. This is opposed because this is nothing more than another cash grab into your wallet. Now, you say 1.75 cents. And this is the argument that is always made by the enemies of pleasure, by the taxocrats. It's only, it's just, it's less than two cents an ounce. And you say to yourself, what's two cents? Well, consider this, because I'm the only one that makes the rational logic and actually does the math. Do the math. The arithmetic. And I don't use common core math, by the way. I use the math that I learned, which takes about one one-hundredth the time and works just as effectively, if not better. I went to the supermarket a couple of days ago, and I wanted to see what the average price was for soda. Now, I found it anywhere between $1.39 to $1.69. But let's just take the example of $1.59. When you look at a two-liter bottle of soda, that is 67.6 ounces. Let's just call it 67 ounces. Multiply that times 1.75 cents. The tax that you are looking at on that two-liter bottle of soda is $1.17. Now, if the average bottle of soda is $1.59, that is a 74% tax. 
Some instances, if it's $1.29, if it's on sale for $1.19, that goes down to 100% tax. So you can say, well, it's only 1.75 cents. It's less than 2 cents. Who's going to know the difference? It will double the price of your soda. This is nothing more than a tax grab. Because when they're done with soda taxes, they are going to go after, mark my words, the next is going to be a coffee tax. Because we all know that coffee, the caffeine in coffee, is an addictive drug in America. And the world is addicted to coffee and caffeine. We know that. They're going to go after a burger tax. There will be a meat tax. There will be a chicken tax. They're going to do a meat tax in two ways. They're going to say, number one, they're going to use it under the guise of global warming, climate change. Because all the cows, with their flatulence and their methane release, increases the probability of climate change, so we are going to tax it on the farm level and at the supermarket level. They will give you a double whammy. If you think I'm kidding and you think I sound crazy, would you ever predict there would be a soda tax? Would you ever predict there would be a 53% tax on cigars? They're not done. The taxocrats, the enemies of food, the enemies of pleasure, they are coming after us. Not just on the soda, but after other food products. They'll come after us with the meat tax, with the cow tax, with the charcoal tax, with the gas grill tax. They're coming after us. And enough is enough. And here's another story real quickly. In Berkeley, People's Republic of California, where they are absolutely wackadoodles, total F-nuts, nut jobs, where they were the, one of the first cities to, to approve a soda tax, they are now considering banning plastic straws. That's right. The straw you use in your big gulp, in kids' sippy cups, is now public enemy number two in Berkeley, California, because they want to make the city more environmentally friendly. And three members of Berkeley's Nutcase City Council proposed that legislation last month. They previously banned plastic bags, got the tax on soda, one of the eight council members said, we need to change our habits. The habits we have are destroying our planet. Let me tell you something. This planet's going to be, has been around for millions of years. This planet's going to be around for another million years, two million years. This planet will be around long after humans are gone, guaranteed. And then, of course, they also like to say that lethal plastic poses risk to animals in the ocean. This is nothing more than blatant government intervention in how you live your life and the products you consume. Enough is enough. We must take a stand and say to these people, screw yourselves. We've had it with you. There will be a day of reckoning. We are getting close to that. And if they start coming after my coffee or after my meat or after my straws or my plastic bags, screw them. I'm going after them. We have to go after them. Enough is enough. There must be the backlash. When we come back, Give you a little take on the British election. Hour number two, do not forget, we will be joined by Martin Shine as we uh, leave Command Center Alpha, head to Kirby's Menswear in the cigar city of Tampa. We will talk men's fashion 101. If you're an alpha male, you must not only look the part, you must dress the part, you must feel good in the part, and we will guide you to make sure that your wardrobe is properly properly, uh, 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 your, your, your closet is properly stocked, and that you have the wardrobe you, necess- you, you require in order to be and carry yourself as the alpha male that you are. 
The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Quesada sampler, including the Quesada Reserva Privada Oscuro. This cigar uses tobaccos as old as 18 years and was aged for a full year before it was packed and shipped. Look for the Cigar Dave Officers Club Quesada sampler in your mailbox this month. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. This is the General Cigar Dave. Join me for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars from my hometown of Buffalo, Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Buffalo Riverworks. It is a great day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. It's an all-inclusive VIP ticket. You will get five great premium cigars from Gurkha, including three of their soon-to-be-released new brands, a full alpha male lunch buffet. You will get samplings of craft beer from Hamburg Brewing, some great distilled spirit samplings, a commemorative gift, and a live broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha. Info and tickets at CigarDave.com. Tickets go quick. They will sell out. Go there right now. Presented by Hamburg Brewing, Tinderbox Buffalo, Goodrich Coffee, News Talk 930 WBEN, and Gurkha Cigars. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Info and tickets. CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Oh yes, as we listen to some British music, the Brits had their snap election. Theresa May, the Prime Minister, bungled it royally. Big, big time, as they would say in Texas. Don't mess with Texas. Blew it absolutely big time. If you're going to call a snap election, you better do it quick. Not six weeks. And she's, she reminds me of Hillary, and that just doesn't relate to people. Just doesn't have that, that personable touch. Very, very stiff and very... She's just not a woman of the people. So she did not uh, retain the majority. Going to have to come up with a, uh, a coalition government. Met with the Queen. We'll see what happens. Real quickly, great soundbite we want to play. This is a presenter from the BBC a couple of days ago when talking about the election. A little bit of a faux pas. Tim Farron, the current party leader, mm. is facing potential defeat. There's chatter there about a rec recount. Of course, 
Yes, she dropped the C-bomb, not a recount, re-something else, and had to correct herself. Very interesting, but clearly we know what was on her mind. Hey, don't forget, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Ticket sales going through the roof. I think we've only got about 45 tickets left to go, and we are still, uh, what, just over two months away. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo, Saturday, August 12, 2017. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., all-inclusive ticket. It includes a giant alpha male lunch buffet, five premium Gurkha cigars, including three of the new brands they're launching next month. We're going to have samples from Hamburg Brewing, just incredible tastings of local distilled spirits, special gifts. To all-inclusive VIP ticket, go to CigarDave.com. Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo, Saturday, August 12th. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown. As you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the general cigar Dave. Part of being a certified alpha male is looking the part. Alpha males do not look like schlumps. They're not wearing ripped jeans. They're not wearing the baggy pants. There is a standard, a standard of elegance. Now that doesn't mean that you have to wear a three-piece suit and a tie every day. But an alpha male, whether he is in a formal environment or a casual environment, always looks good. Looks the part, dresses well. And so today, to guide you in the world of men's fashion, we have moved Command Center Alpha. Our forward theater of operations is Kirby's Menswear in the Cigar City of Tampa, the official haberdasher of this five-star and this global alpha. And for the next hour, we will be joined by Martin Shine, the proprietor of Kirby's Menswear, to talk men's fashion 101. Welcome back, hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show. As always, don't forget to follow me on social media. You can start at CigarDave.com, Twitter at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook Cigar Dave, Instagram Cigar Dave, YouTube Cigar Dave. Just follow us 24-7, 365, and we will uh, certainly post some great pictures of Kirby's menswear, where our Ford Theater of Operations is located. And joining me, longtime friend who has been on the Cigar Dave show before, the owner, proprietor, and a man whose sartorial elegance is unmatched in the Cigar City of Tampa. That would be Martin Shine of Kirby's Wenswear. Martin, great to see you again. And we have set up right where it all happens, where I get fitted for my suits and my trousers and my sport coats, because this is where it happens if you are going to look the part of being an elegant alpha. 
Well, thank you, Dave. It is a pleasure to be back on the show. It's been a little while since uh, we've gotten together and discussed fashion. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking about my industry today and some changes that have happened in it. And uh, we can talk a little bit about taking care of you and some of the changes that you've had in your wardrobe recently. Uh, that, that is true. And, and I should say that even though it's been a while since you've been on the show, I'm in here all the time. Yes. And that's one of the reasons that I love and we'll get to that because Kirby's and specialty men's stores offer something that department stores just cannot, and, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, Martin, let's talk about the basics, because I believe that whether or not you are have to wear a tie every day or business casual, I still believe that there are certain things every man should have in his wardrobe. That doesn't mean you have to have a humongous closet, but to me, when I think of what a man needs, right off the bat, I'm thinking, you need a nice blazer. Preferably yes. a blue blazer because it goes with everything, some light trousers. But let's talk about, in your estimation, what the uh, average alpha male needs to have in his wardrobe to start. And we have many, many uh, young alphas in training that are now graduating from college that have listened to us that say, you know, now I've got to start looking the part. So let's guide them. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, most men would require some kind of blazer, a classic blazer, whether it's a navy blue or even a black because black is as easy to work with as navy, and most of the same trousers that you would coordinate back to a navy blazer will go with black. Um, and so, you know, you can do a classic blazer, which would be, you know, fully constructed and fully lined, or, you know, in today's world, you could do a jacket that uh, would be maybe a softer construction, which is one of the, the fashions that have, have come about in the last couple of years, two or three years. Um, these jackets are softer in the shoulder, lighter weight, great for Florida. Most of them are, many of them are unlined. But remember, we've got listeners across the country right. that have to be able to wear four seasons. So True. to me, you want something that whether you are traveling, you live in the Northeast, you're traveling to Florida, California, Arizona, or vice versa, these are good year-round. Absolutely. So a classic blazer. And, I mean, if you were doing a black or a navy, you know, you could coordinate that back to a pair of gray trousers, tan trousers, depending on the blue whether you could wear a lighter blue with a darker blue blazer or a light gray trouser with a black trouser. And then you would, you know, decide whether you're going to be dressing it up or dressing it down. A lot of jackets today, depending on the texture, uh, can be worn back to denim. You see a lot of that look today where a guy will throw a, a nice blazer on over a pair of jeans. Now, in terms of uh, suits, because we've talked about the blazer, let's go trousers. We just talked about okay. a light pair of trousers or gray. I think, to me, every man should have a pair of navy trousers or black trousers. Both. Pair, bo and I have more than one of each. But you should always have a pair of navy, a pair of black, a pair of uh, tan or khaki type color, uh, and a gray. A gray. Charcoal, gray. You have those. That will match with pretty much anything. Yeah, those are four good, strong basics that if somebody was building a wardrobe today and they needed a nice, basic, everyday dress trouser, those would be the four colors that I would say you need to start with. Now, when we talk about shirts, because you have to, you know, obviously wear a shirt, and, and with a blazer, you can wear a, certainly a formal shirt, when I say a formal shirt, a dress shirt, where you could wear a tie, you can wear it open, you can wear an uh, you know, open-collared polo-type shirt, but you have to have a multitude of shirts. But I try to, when I buy, I look and say, okay, if I have to travel, I don't want to necessarily have a lot of stripes and, and, and uh, check patterns. I want something that's going to go with everything. Well, white goes with everything, and that's a basic you can always fall back on. But whites, your blues, but, you know, you mentioned that you personally don't necessarily want to wear a lot of checks or stripes, but, you know, when you're wearing a blazer, 
checks and stripes work great. Let me, let me preface that. I like vertical stripes, not horizontal stripes. Well, in dress shirts, you yeah. would most likely see Absolutely. a stripe. I'm a big Bengal stripe. But I like checks are strong, and they have been strong. They've been strong for the last couple seasons, and you see a lot they've of They've been checks. strong for about four or five years now. Yeah. And, and to me, I'm a stripe guy. Just the way my physique, I like wearing stripes. I'm not a check guy. When is that going to change? Because it's been, it's been five years now since we've been seeing a lot of check. You see that changing? No. I just came back from New York. I did a quick trip up there to work a couple with a couple of my vendors, one of them being one of my major dress shirt vendors, which is Eton. No, I see same checks and stripes that, you know, that I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of um, differences in, in patterns as far as they go, maybe some coloration difference. The biggest difference that, that you know, you're seeing today is, is the technology that's in the fabrics themselves, the performance fabrics. And Elaborate color- on that. When you say technology. The new, like, cotton blends and things that today have a a much finer feel to them. More wicking in terms of temperature? That's, you know, you'll see more wicking, obviously, in sports shirts than you will in dress shirts. But you see performance dress shirts today that, you know, they they travel better. They're they're, they're, uh, wrinkle-resistant, most of them. Just the technology today, whether it's in trousers or, or, or your sport coat or your suits, everything today is is far superior in, in the way that the, the fabrics themselves are being woven. And it relates to lighter weight fabrics, uh, like I said, fabrics that travel much, much better. Um, and in many cases, not only crease resistant, but uh, water resistant, stain resistant. It's amazing what they've done with fabrics today. And when you feel them, Sometimes you can't tell the difference between something that has more or less, let's say, polyester or nylon or, or one of the performance-enhancing fabrics in them. When you were up in New York, what fashion trends did you see? I know the last number of years we've seen this, this terrible look to me. It's these jackets that are two sizes. You, you know, because I rail every time I walk in here. Jackets, you see these young guys wear these. When I say young guys, guys that are in their 20s, 30s, and you even see guys that are in their 40s, 50s wearing, trying to be hip, these jackets that are two sizes too small. If they move the wrong way, the button's going to come flying and become a projectile. They're wearing these trousers that are so tight that look like floods, about six inches that come uh, above the, uh, you know, their ankle. And to me, that, that is not comfortable. That is just not fashionable. What's the attraction on that, and where did that start? Well, I will say that you may be right about it not being very comfortable, but it is fashionable because that's the look that's being shown. Um, you know, we've had this discussion many times, and I've told you about some of the lines that you're familiar with that you like to wear, that when I go into the market and I'm buying a particular model that fits my customer base, you know, they may turn around and say to me, we're, we're still offering that same model, but, oh, by the way, the coat is a centimeter shorter or the armhole is a little higher or we've brought the point to point the shoulder in a half a centimeter or a centimeter so they've they're changing the model uh, the dimensions of the model not the look of the model and so you know we have to be very aware of that when we're dealing with our customer especially someone who walks in and says you know I love wearing a certain particular brand and I bought a suit from you two years ago and I'd like one just like it you know, we have to know that we're going to put that same garment on him in the same size. It isn't going to fit the same. Where did this trend start with this tight, uncomfortable look? Well, most designs start over in Europe. 
and Italy or, you know, other, you know, Britain or in any of those countries over there. Um, the countries who we had to bail out in World War II, whose asses we saved. So clearly, not only do we have to save them from the, uh, the, 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 the Third Reich and the Nazis and, and uh, Hitler back in World War II, we have to save them from their terrible fashion sense today in 2017. Which happens to be the, what, 73rd anniversary today, June the 6th? Well, we're taping this. That is correct. And we, we make mention of it. I'm very proud to say, Martin, that we are one of the only shows, I think the only show in America, that even mentions it because uh, I was listening to a number of shows earlier uh, today. And again, this is running on uh, Saturday when our, our alphas are listening, but we're recording this on Tuesday. And I didn't hear anything. We're the only show. Last Saturday we talked about it. We tweeted. We put posted social media. And it really is a shame because more of our millennials and young people in this country ought to really know about the greatest generation when they're, when they're crying about needing a safe space. The greatest generation was over way deep in water and ammo fire trying to scale the cliffs of Normandy. Well, let's get back to fashion and where it comes from. Oh, no, but, no, but my point being is yeah. we have to save them again because they have <laughs> terrible sense. Who on earth? I mean, and I see these, you know, I travel a lot. I'm on a plane and I see these guys wearing this and they look not only tremendously uncomfortable, but it really looks stupid on them. It really does. And to me, the, the mark of a of I've got sport coats and suits that I bought 10, 15 years ago that still remain in style. And I really believe if you buy something that is of great quality, you can still wear it for a long time. I'm not talking about lapels from the 70s. Obviously, that was a fad. But if you look overall, Martin, don't you think that men's fashion, you have this pendulum that every so often shifts like it did in the 70s, but it always tends to go back to the it reverts to the mean, if you will. It, it does, but there are still always going to be nuances that make it a little bit different. I mean, we all know that flat front pants have been predominant for the last three or four or five years. Um, d does that mean that I don't have a pleated pant customer? Of course I do. I still have customers that like to wear pleated pants. Is it the majority of my customers? No, it's not. Um, you yourself were an avid strong pleated pant customer that it is took, correct it took us a good while <laughs> and to your credit you know you've uh, lost quite a bit of weight and you your clothes are starting to look better on you you feel better about yourself you feel better about the clothing you're wearing and you have tried some flat front pants recently and i'm sure they're more comfortable on you today than they maybe would have been no i'm wearing them i'm wearing a pair today right. some zanellas which is a, a nice italian line that i very much enjoy and and it's very interesting because I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and he was telling me that that uh, he was telling his son to buy a nice pair of trousers. His son was always used to you know buying something that was going to be fifty, seventy-five bucks, nothing fancy. And then when he came in to go look at a very nice pair of trousers, he was shocked. But he looked at the price because nice pair of trousers today are what three fifty, four hundred, somewhere there. That range? If, it, if you're dealing with a pant that was predominantly made in Italy, a better pant, Right, with yes. a beautiful, fine wool that yep. feels soft, that's lined. And you buy those, and if he tried them on, couldn't believe it, thought they were great. And when he thought about it, he said, you know, yeah, I spent a lot on those trousers, but those are the trousers that I'm going to have and wear for easily four or five years unless they rip or something happens. But I really think that you look at quality first. Because the quality always supersedes price. You'll always remember quality over price in the long run. 
Yes, you do. And and I will tell you, you know, we're you're talking about how the, the changes in, in the models. You know, I can assure you that pleated pants will make somewhat of a comeback. They're never going to go away. Of course they won't go away. But the pleated pant that they'll bring back will be not as full in the thigh. It will be narrower in the leg. They'll bring back the look, but they will make changes to it. And, you know, I think that's the case in all of fashion. You'll see things that repeat themselves, but there'll always be little changes and nuances. So, you know, I was wearing a double-breasted suit today. The suit that I'm wearing today is a little shorter, a little trimmer than a double-breasted suit that I might have worn six, seven, or eight years ago. And President Harry Truman, back when he was president in the 40s, he wore double-breasted suits. And here we are in the 21st century Lo and behold, double-breasted suits are making a comeback. Not everybody wants to wear them, um, but they, I think it's a great look. Um, I've always enjoy, I have a few of them, and I always enjoy wearing them. And whenever I wear them, I get a compliment. All right, we will continue our discussion with Martin Shine, the owner of Kirby's Menswear, one of the finest haberdashers not only in the Cigar City of Tampa but in the nation as we talk men's fashion 101, tonsorial elegance. It is a very important key to being an alpha, and we are guiding you to make sure you always look the part. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. <laughs> what about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. This is the General Cigar Dave. Join me for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water. Presented by Gurkha Cigars from my hometown of Buffalo. Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Buffalo Riverworks. It is a great day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. It's an all-inclusive VIP ticket. You will get five great premium cigars from Gurkha, including three of their soon-to-be-released new brands, a full alpha male lunch buffet. You will get samplings of craft beer from Hamburg Brewing, some great distilled spirit samplings, a commemorative gift, and a live broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water presented by Gurkha. Info and tickets at CigarDave.com. Tickets go quick. They will sell out. Go there right now. Presented by Hamburg Brewing, Tinderbox Buffalo, Goodrich Coffee, News Talk 930 WBEN, and Gurkha Cigars. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Info and tickets. CigarDave.com. 
Sergeant Steve, let's talk about the music selection. Justin Timberlake on the Cigar Dave show doesn't work. What this? I know what the name of the song is. Suit and tie. It's about putting on your suit and tie and looking good. But the sound, the song doesn't sound good. But nonetheless, it fits with our theme today here on the Cigar Dave show in this hour, and that is. Men's Fashion 101, looking at the uh, really what you need to have in your wardrobe. you got to look the part. You're an alpha male. You must look the part. It is imperative that no matter where you go, where you are, who you're with, even if it's casual, you don't want to look like a schlub. You just don't want to look sloppy, and that's really the word that I see. Martin Schein, the owner of Kirby's Menswear, specialty menswear store here in the Cigar City, one of the finer menswear stores in the country, haberdasher in the country. That really gets me when I go to places and nice restaurants, and you see, and the best word I can describe it is, you see men, adult men, looking sloppy. It's just not to me, when you go out for, at a nice restaurant, you're going somewhere, doesn't mean you have to wear a suit or a tuxedo, but don't look sloppy. Well, you just pushed my button there because I have to tell you, I totally agree with you. Um, we have great restaurants here in Tampa, and I enjoy going out. And generally, when I go to a nice restaurant, I like to wear a jacket. Um, and it doesn't mean, as you said, that I have to wear a suit or a tuxedo or get that formal. But uh, whether I'm throwing on a pair of jeans or whether I'm wearing a pair of nice dress slacks, I enjoy wearing a nice sport coat, open collar. I'm still comfortable. And, you know, and I know, first of all, I know I represent my store, especially store, but it looks nice. And, and in general, most of the women in the store are in, in the restaurant are dressed. Correct. And it just, it, I mean, I, it drives me crazy when I turn around. I see just a beautiful girl walking or a woman walking into a restaurant. And, you know, the guy looks like he just got off the golf course. And personally, uh, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's it looks right. And most women don't like that. And what's no, interesting don't. is I, I I was just out not that long ago and noticed this woman dressed elegantly. Nice, one of the nicer restaurants in Tampa. Elegantly dressed, great dress, short, showed everything, looked like a million bucks, and the guy she's with looked like a schlump. I mean, same thing, like he got off the golf course, just wearing sandals with 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 jeans and a golf shirt, and she's dressed to the nines. To me, ladies, because we do have a lot of Females that listen, you see a guy that wear that looks like that, hit the eject button. That's not the kind of guy you want to be with. You want to be with an alpha male that looks good, dresses sharply. That is a snappy dresser. I think that is the best way to describe it. We will continue Men's Fashion 101 from Kirby's Menswear in the Cigar City of Tampa. The 2017 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th at Buffalo Riverworks. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including five premium Gurkha cigars, luscious cocktails, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, coffee from Goodrich Coffee, and a buffet fit for the alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 12th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com.
1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Justin Timberlake, no. ZZ Top, yes, on the Cigar Dave Show. Well-dressed man, and that's appropriate. Martin Shine, the owner of Kirby's Menswear, where we are conducting broadcast maneuvers for this hour, talking men's fashion 101. Martin, well-dressed man. We talked about before the break, we talked about people, you see men going into restaurants, the woman looks great, nice restaurant, and the guy just looks like a schlump. And to me, going back to blazers, you put a blazer on, even with jeans, with a pair of trousers, even if you do have a golf shirt, that changes everything. Yeah, and it doesn't make any difference whether you live in Florida, North Carolina, or Michigan. There's an appropriate blazer for your area that a lightweight, comfortable, or depending on the weather, you know, something that you can throw on that'll dress you up a little bit, make it a little more appropriate. Now, one thing that I find very interesting is that when you look at the change, and, and I've been coming in here now, Martin, I think 26, 27 years, so almost about a year, year and a half after I moved to Tampa. And when I first came in here, huge tie selection. Everybody coming in was wearing ties. Today, now I used to wear ties all the time back then. Now I just don't, but I still want to look good. And I still wear nice trousers, nice shirts uh, in the office. I always have a blazer in my office ready to go, like we talked about, on a hanger just in case. But the neckwear business has changed dramatically as times have changed. Even with lawyers and except bankers, they're the only guys that probably still wear ties. But you see law firms just, I think times have changed. Business casual is in, the more formal tie is out, except when appropriate. Well, you're right. The neckwear business is not what it used to be. And that goes back to, you know, dress codes that have been relaxed, uh, not only in restaurants, but also in the workplace. Um, you know, I always said that, you know, and, and I happen to have a store in Florida, uh, and my specialty store is here. But, you know, corporate America, when it moves to Florida or, or a, tro a tropical climate, doesn't move here with a dress-up mentality. 
Uh, so, you know, we've always been a little bit behind the eight ball when it came to things like the neckwear industry because people, you know, don't always want to wear a tie. And we have many great customers that are professionals that, you know, they still dress today. They'll, they'll wear elegant, beautiful clothing, whether it be to suit or sport coat. And as you mentioned, the Zanella trousers, but they're not wearing a tie. They're wearing an open collar and a pocket square. And that's what brings me to the next item, accessorizing your look. And I have always worn pocket squares. Why? Because my father, who you know, who used to come in here when he would visit and shop, Dr. Z, he always, and I've got pictures of him even back to his college days, even his bar mitzvah picture, he had a pocket square. My grandfather always wore a pocket square. It was very elegant. It still is elegant. And President Trump, during the campaign, he never, ever wore a pocket square. Never. You look back. 40 years of, of Donald Trump in the media and pictures never wore a pocket square. He gets inaugurated the first two days, that Monday and Tuesday, while he was in the White House after he's inaugurated. First time ever, he's wearing a pocket square. And he had it uh, folded, so it was based like Ronald Reagan used to wear. Basically, it was just kind of horizontal. And he looked great. And I looked at it. First thing I noticed while I was in the cabinet room, I said, he's wearing a pocket square. That looks great. After two days, he stopped wearing it. He's never worn one since. And it's a great look. $20. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but it really adds an element of class, sophistication, refinement to that blazer. Well, it, it adds it adds a look to the blazer. It classes it up, and it's an accessory item, and, and you can play it off of it. You know, they don't have to match. The, block, the pocket square doesn't have to match your, your shirt or your tie or if you're wearing a tie. A lot of people thought they always had to match. It's a, it's a coordinating thing, and it's a, it's accessory that, that's elegant to wear, and whether you're wearing a jeans, again, with a blazer or a nice pair of dress trousers, nice trousers, an open-collar shirt, and a pocket square is a great look. Well, and here's the thing. If you just get one pocket square, a white pocket square, that's all you need. You can wear that with any jacket, with any color jacket, with any trousers. You get white, and it adds an element of sophistication. I get compliments all the time from people that will stop me, especially women, and they'll say, I love that look with a pocket square. I wish my husband would do that. And I said, well, buy him one and just put it in his jacket. And you'll see it, it does add a very unique element. But that's overlooked, and that's something that's so simple to accessorize your suit or your sport coat. There are a lot of fun pocket squares out there. Um, you know, some of them are, you know, multi-designs and paisleys and some of them are block prints and i just recently saw some that were animal prints and so you know it's a, it's a lot of fun it's an accessory item it's something to talk about and again 20 bucks i mean i don't know what what the pocket squares are here i've seen them all the way from probably in stores from 15 to whatever 100 plus dollars but you don't have to go break the bank and that's something that sometimes people overlook and president trump looked great with it so i'd like to see him go back to that let's talk about shirts martin because to me when you're wearing a suit or even a blazer, even if you're going out casual, there's another elegant look, another elegant finishing touch to a shirt, a long sleeve shirt, and that is French cuffs. I refer to them as formal cuffs because I don't like to give the French credit for anything. But formal cuffs to me with some nice cufflinks, and again, you don't have to break the bank, really gives you a nice look. It is a nice look, and it, and it does dress an outfit up. Um, and in many cases, recently, you know, I've even seen sports shirts that you can wear formal cuffs with. I like the this uh, Eton line that we carry in the store. is very unique in the sense that, in fact, I'm wearing one right here. So you can see it's what we call a convertible cuff. So it's a button cuff 
but it becomes a single-fold French cuff. So you can wear this shirt either way. That is high technology, Martin. I've That's got to technology. Tell you. That is major technology. Martin Shine, the owner, proprietor of Kirby's Menswear, one of the finest uh, menswear, specialty menswear and haberdashers in the country. And by the way, I like calling it a haberdashery. President Truman, who occupied the Oval Office, what was his chosen career before he got into politics? He was a haberdasher. a haberdasher. That's right. And to me, there's an elegant, just something, again, I always go back to elegance. And I think that's something very unique, where a specialty store gives you things that department stores can't. And I'll give you a perfect example. Every so often, well, more than every so often, I'm busy, I'm going out of town, I have to get something either altered or a new pair of trousers, whatever the case is, I'm running behind, I call you, I call Jeff, and I said, do me a favor, will you be kind enough to drop over that jacket or those trousers over at my house or at my office? And you always do that. You go above and beyond, and that's why I'm so loyal, because first of all, I enjoy coming in here, because I've been a loyal Kirby's Club member for, geez, 26, 27 years, I mean, since almost the beginning, but... You can offer things, and there are stores like this across the country where you really know your customer. Because I'm here, customers walk in, you know them by first name. You know what they like. You know what they want. I walk in, you already know he's not going to like this, this, and this, but he's going to like this, this, and this. And even when you go to New York, you told me, when there are certain things you see, you've got your customers, specific customers in mind for that. That's correct. Um, you know, I'll put a plug in for specialty stores today and it's and it's not just talking about Kirby's but talking I have many friends in this industry that I've met over the years that are hard-working people that uh, run great specialty stores and you know the one advantage that we have today is that you know we do have that direct contact with our customers and it all gets down to customer service and I truly believe that that is the advantage that we have over our competitors today which could be online sales could be department stores. Uh, they'll they'll never do what a great specialty store does, and that is give that one-on-one service, knowing their customers, knowing what their customers like, and being there for them when they need them. And I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, a lot of the lines that you carry, some of the department stores carry the higher end, and they're not going to give me the same. The prices are pretty much the same. They're not going to give me that service. They're not what I tell you, Martin. I've got to be out of town in two days. Can you get this suit or this sport coat altered or trousers altered for me? Your, your answer is, yep, we'll get it for you. It'll be done. They don't do that, and they won't do that. And I think that's the importance today of developing a relationship with a specialty retailer. And that's why I enjoy coming in, because not only are we friends, but I enjoy shopping and doing business at this kind of store. And I think that's what is missing now in this country. People go into giant big box stores or retailers. They don't know you from Adam. You are a number. And when people come into a specialty store, and I know growing up there was a store in Buffalo that's no longer in business, Peller and Muir that my dad used to go to, it was the same thing. They knew who you were. They knew what you wanted. You, you developed that relationship. And it's kind of sad that we don't see more of that in the country. Well, you're not going to see it when it comes to the big box stores because they've gotten away from it. And, and I truly believe that you will see a big change in retailing in the next five to ten years. I think you're going to see a big change in malls and who is in malls and which malls survive. Um, they all won't. It's a real, it'll be a real estate problem. But I do believe that the good specialty stores will still be around because people like yourself who enjoy this atmosphere – um, who pay don't mind paying good money for quality, uh, want the service that goes along with it, and especially stores can provide that. And I do believe that you know you'll see as the face of retailing changes, 
um, I think you'll see the specialty stores surviving. You know, another thing you bring up talking about the, the big malls, and I agree with you. I think malls, you're seeing a major shift in in consumer patterns. And look at the number of, of retailers that have gone out of business because they don't have a unique niche in the market. But talking about going to a mall where I have to fight to find a parking spot, I got to walk through umpteen areas to get to where I want to go. I pull right up to the front of the door here within 10 feet. I'm in, do my stuff, do my shopping, get what I need, and I'm out the door. And it is convenient. And I think people are also looking for that as well. As people get more are busier and they lead more hectic lives, they want to be able to get in and out a lot easier. And that's certainly uh, another factor. Martin, when you started, give us a background of, of you starting, because I know that uh, your dad, who I knew very well, Mark Shine, who is a real gentleman, and the first time I came in here, I want to relay a story. I came in, a friend of mine recommended who who come in here for a long time and said, you got to go Kirby's. So I went to Kirby's. The first person I met walking in the door was your, your great dad, Mark. And I bought some trousers and a suit, and he's marking them up. And I looked, and uh, he said, I said, okay, well, we're going to do, uh, yeah, what are we going to do on the bottom here? Just uh, flat, uh, you know, straight leg. And he looked, i never forget this. He was on his knee. He had a little marking chalk, and he looked at me and said, at Kirby's. We only do cuffs. And I will never forget that. I relay that story all the time. I have, to this day, always worn cuffs. Talk about another elegant look. It doesn't cost you any more to get cuffs altered. And that's another look that I like. But going back to your background, your dad actually started the store. Tell us about the history of, uh, of the Shine family and, and uh, how you got into men's haberdashery. Well, both of my grandfathers were in the retail business. That I didn't know. I knew one was. I didn't know both. My father's father, uh, Lewis, was his name, Lewis Shine. Actually, uh, we had a store in Ybor City on 7th Avenue. Sold to a lot of the cigar manufacturers, well, we, I know. We were, that was, we were down there. We were part of the support system for the cigar industry, and we sold haberdashery, and he sold small appliances and some jewelry. What was the name of the store? The Palace. La the, Palacia. La Palacia. I love it. The Palace. The Palace. And... Uh, my family was in that business, and my dad grew up in that business. And, in, you know, when the cigar industry dried up and went away in, in late uh, 50s, 58, so 58, early 59, he, had to, he left Ybor City and decided to strike out on his own and open a uh, men's clothing store. And so he started Kirby's. And where were, what, what year was that? 1959. In this location where we are now? We actually opened up across the street in the Carriage Trade Plaza. We were there two years and then moved into this location. And we're in the South Tampa area, actually probably about five miles uh, north of McDill Air Force Base, Central yep. Command. So give everybody a reference point. Uh, kind of a big, uh, you know, big heavily trafficked area. So that was 1959. Yeah. Um, my other grandfather was part of the Moss family. And for those that may not know, but Moss Brothers, just like we saw in many cities, Moss Brothers was a big retailer. And in, th in those days, it was local family retailers, whether it was, it was I'm thinking, um, Marshall Field in Chicago, or it was the Heck Company up in Maryland where I grew up. There was Kleinhans. Burdines. And and Burdines. In South Florida, they were regional type of stores. There weren't the big chains. You had maybe two, three of them. But I know the stories I hear of Moss Brothers downtown, when downtown was really booming for retail, that was a happening place. Oh, yeah, it was. Well, it was part of, he was, my grandfather, Ernest Moss, was part of that family. It was my mother's family. So I had retailing from both sides. Um, and we grew up in this business. My brother and I um, went to Plant High School, used to come over after school, walk over and 
I worked in the shop, did pressing for after school uh, when I was in high school and worked in the summers. And then after college, started working here. So we grew up in the business. It's what we, you know, we've always done. And you've evolved with the business also, because I remember when I first came in, the store looks a lot different. There was maybe about 18, 20 years ago, you decided that you were going to undergo a massive renovation, really modernize and give it an elegant look. And uh, you closed, I think, for what, two months? That was... That was Actually, it was less than, yeah, I gutted the store. Gutted the store. I remember that. And I, I remember you told me we're going to be re- closed for a few months. Yeah, and that was no, a big it move. it was 22 days. 22 days, but that was a very big move to shut down. For, but your customers remained loyal, and they, and they stayed with you. Well, I wanted to change the dynamics of the store. I wanted to change the type of merchandise. I looked at the environment we were in in Tampa and wanted to find a niche that worked for us that, so that we could truly be a specialty store. Yeah, I had to send Mark out of town on that one. He was uh, he was going a little crazy. I'm sure they, your dad was not thrilled, right? Yeah. Exactly. When they demolished the store and took it down to the bare walls and and uh, exposed beam ceiling, he was. I said, "Mom, get him out of town." <laughs> um, but we rebuilt the store, and then I, you know, I went to New York and and knocked on doors and said, you know, I introduced people who I was and said, I I want to carry better merchandise and. Started with the Canales and the Z- the Zanellas and the Zinnias and the Cornelianis and of the world and you know they took a chance on me and i took a chance on them and the rest is history well i should also say that in addition to kirby's being the official haberdasher of this five star eric and bobby newman from jc newman cigar they're here all the time you're their their official haberdasher and it's funny because whenever i see them at the cigar retailers conventions or other places where we're wearing a suit we both open up our jacket and it reveals kirby's menswear well, tampa you, florida you can add the oliva family the oliva that's exactly and john Fuente and Johnny family Fuentes, absolutely. So everybody Wonderful is cigar people. Absolutely, everybody has come Your in friend. here. So it is a very, uh, it's kind of very u- unique the customers that you have. When we wrap up for our final concluding segment, we'll talk about what you need to know when you get fitted for a suit or a sport coat because technology has actually changed the way that you need to get fitted, and we will. Talk about that as we talk Men's Fashion 101 with Martin Schein, proprietor of Kirby's Menswear in the Cigar City of Tampa. The June selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Quesada sampler, including the Fonseca Nicaragua. This is the first Fonseca cigar made in Nicaragua. It's crafted with tobaccos from Ometepe, Jalapa, and Esteli to capture the full complexity of Nicaraguan tobacco. The Cigar Dave Officers Club Quesada sampler is coming to your mailbox this month. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. 
five bucks and a comfortable chair genius meet the perfect cigar to share with friends Brickhouse by J.C. Newman handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well rounded and smooth nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse for more visit BrickhouseCigars.com the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoe. Well, you can knock me down, step in my face, slander my name all over the place. Well, do anything that you want to do. But now, uh, honey, lay off them shoes and don't you step on my blue Elvis suede. has entered Kirby's menswear, the official haberdasher of the general. Blue suede shoes, Martin Shine, the owner of Kirby's menswear. Shoes have changed. Technology has changed shoes. Yep. Much more comfortable, much more casual. So let's talk about shoes. Oh, yeah. I mean, shoes, I mean, you still have your, obviously, your dress shoes that are made in this country that are, you know, made all over the world, actually. Spain, Italy, United States, they're, you know, regular good old dress shoes. But uh, the technology in shoes today, I mean, the shoes, the, the casual shoes, the drivers, the shoes that, you know, resemble a, almost an active shoe that are extremely lightweight today. The te- I mean, it's, it's shoes are, are it's really unbelievable. Well, even the nice dress shoes and loafers, they have the rubber on the bottom, yeah. so as you're walking, they're uh, they're more comfortable. So everything has changed, no question about it. And I should mention, Steve, uh, Steve and your brother, Stephen Shine and Jeffers, Jeff Davis, I call him Jefferson Davis, both also are very involved with you here. Two integral parts do a great job. Well, Jeff, not so much, a little weak. But we like we like ragging on Jeff. But he, he, he takes care of me every time I come in. And you got a great crew, and everybody knows that if it's not you, it's going to be Steven or Jeff. And, again, that's something you don't get at a department store because you don't know who's going to be on. When you get fitted for a suit, technologies change things. There's certain things that you need to accommodate. We all have cell phones now. Some are bigger than others. And if you tend to put some men put it in their coat pocket, or even in their their trouser pocket, you need to really adjust for that to make sure that it fits properly because you add one of those big bulky phones or or, or the uh, big iPhone 7s or an Android, that can take off a few inches and it can change the look of your suit, how it lays on the uh, chest. Well, yeah, no question. What about the concealed weapon? We're in the South, exactly. So you're going to bring your AK-47 or your... uh, (laughs) 
you know, your Smith & Wesson? That, exactly. Well, no. The, you know, again, I mean, fitting a suit today isn't really any different than it ever has been. The, the, you know, the big difference, as you said, cell phones. But you'll notice that many of the suits today, the, especially the, the, the lion suits, not necessarily the unlined suits, but the lion suits have got, oh, my God, the travel coats have got, you know, five, six, seven, eight pockets on the inside. you got a passport pocket. you got a cell phone pocket. you got all kinds of things going on today. And, again, that goes back to those fabrications that those jackets are being made of. They move with you better. They travel better. I mean, there's everything about that that works. And I should also say that when you do get fitted for your suit or a sport coat, they can adjust the armholes. I like loose armholes. I don't like them tight. They can take it in in certain areas, so don't be afraid to do that. Martin Shine, owner of Kirby's Menswear. It has been a delight. Men's Fashion 101. We appreciate it as always. We'll have you on in the fall. Talk about what's coming up for the fall look. I'd love to come back in the fall. It's a whole new season, and uh, I'd love to talk about the things that uh, we're doing and and my friends that have specialty stores around the country, what they're doing as well. You're the alpha male. You must look the part. Go find yourself a great haberdasher. You will thank me. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. May your ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. May your suits and your sport coats and trousers always fit fantastically well. Look the part. Dress well. You are an Alpha. Make us proud.